Harris said, I've wanted to win at everything, every day, since I was a kid. And time doesn't change a person. It just helps you get a handle on who you are. Even at age 41, I still hate losing. I'm just more gracious about it. I'm also aware that setbacks have an upside. They fuel new dreams. Welcome to a special mini episode of the Tweets and Tonic podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Asbury. As diverse as our nation is, so are my interests. I was raised in the South, and we love football just about as much as we love our fried chicken. In keeping with the theme of our show, Tweets and Tonic, these many episodes during football season will contain 10 tweets about the college football games from the weekend. So whether you are drowning your sorrows in a drink or celebrating with a toast, pull up a seat and let's talk about football. All right, let's kick it off at number 10 with Jeff Sversky from ABC6 News, who tweeted, Penn State's first loss to Minnesota is the Gophers' first versus an AP top five team in 20 years when Minnesota also beat Penn State, who was ranked second in 1999. The last time the Minnesota Golden Gophers football team was 8-0 was actually before Pearl Harbor. Uh, Yesterday, Minnesota's Jordan Howden picked off Sean Clifford in the end zone with about a minute left to seal the win at 31-26 on Clifford's actually his third interception of the day. I don't know about you, but I always get confused calling Minnesota the Golden Gophers because it should be the Screaming Eagles. If you ever watched the uh, show Coach back in the 90s, which was one of my dad's favorites, and we used to watch it as a family all the time. Um, Penn State losing uh, will knock them out of the top four uh, college football playoff teams, and I personally think rightfully so. I think a loss to Minnesota, though they're undefeated, is is a pretty big blow to the Nittany Lions, but we shall see how their season ends up. Um, and 8-0 in Minnesota is pretty awesome for them. First time since Pearl Harbor. Um, at number nine, at Gator Critic said, Florida looks so elite on defense versus a helpless Vanderbilt offense that Mullen is going to offer Grantham an extension until 2033 at the end of the third quarter. Obviously it's a a good bounce back for coach Grantham after last week, but um, that was also some sarcasm in that tweet, but 56 to zero against Vanderbilt. I think coach Mason at Vandy is probably on the hot seat. Um, You never know. Vandy's not really known for football. It's more academics and baseball, but, We shall see. Kyle Trask, uh, though, he threw for 363 yards and three touchdowns for the Gators, which was the best passing performance by a Florida quarterback since Tim Tebow's college finale. So it was an amazing day on defense, but also the offense definitely showed up for Coach Mullen. Uh, Number eight, David K. Nine said, what a win. First Baylor football game with no touchdowns in regulation in almost 30 years since November 18th, 1989. #sickem. So it took the Bears three overtimes and a whole lot of failed goals during regulation uh, to defeat TCU 29-23 to remain unbeaten. Cultural is really doing a lot down in Waco, and it'll be interesting to see how the Big 12 shakes out. Uh, number seven, Peter Burns, ESPN, said, The second biggest LSU fan base in the country right now, Alabama fans. 
Barring absolute chaos, Alabama needs LSU to win the SEC championship for the Tide to have a legit path to their sixth straight college football playoff. Without LSU as SEC champ, the streak will be over. So obviously this was the big game of the weekend, especially in the SEC. Uh, LSU defeated Alabama 46-41 in Tuscaloosa. And that score actually looks a lot closer than the game really proved out to be, at least to me. Uh, Alabama came back a little, but it felt like LSU was in full control of this game. Joe Burrow, I think, sealed his candidacy for the Heisman yesterday. Uh, Tua showed a lot of heart playing on what he tweeted was one leg. Coach O, uh, you have to love the guy. I just, everything about him... You can't understand a quarter of what he says, but I love every bit of his enthusiasm, and those players obviously love him and show up and play for him. And it was just amazing to see them really turning that program back to the powerhouse that it used to be, but just really being united. As an Auburn fan, (laughs) sorry Tide fans, but I can't help but love every time Alabama loses, which in what the 13th seed, or no, yeah, like 13 seasons Nick Saban's been at Alabama. You've only had 22 losses. You don't really know how to handle yourselves. And Twitter was very obvious of that last night uh, when the hashtag Fire Sabans took off. Um, welcome to reality. <laughs> Pull yourselves together. It's okay. You will not die over this. Uh, but congrats to the LSU fans. It's weird to be an Arkansas fan as well and cheer for LSU, but our Rivalry game has diminished a lot in the past couple of years, and again, anytime Alabama loses, we all win. So, uh, congrats to the Tigers. Um, at number six, Kyle Unling tweeted, It's been seven years since Kansas State beat Texas in Austin. It's been 16 years since Texas beat a ranked Kansas State. One of these two stats will start over at zero after Saturday. So this was obviously before yesterday's game when Texas defeated uh, Kansas State 27-24. to uh, Cameron Dicker kicked a 26-yard field goal as time expired to win the game. And it's really good to see the Longhorns coming back. Uh, there was a lot of controversy around Tom Herman, uh, specifically coming out of Zach Smith, the uh, former assistant from Ohio State. But It's good to see the Longhorns back. I've always said about most everything, it's a lot more fun when everyone's good. And so Arkansas, Texas, I grew up listening and hearing all about that rivalry. So it's just good to see that. Kansas State defense has really come on. They've had a great season with a first-year head coach. I think we'll hear a lot more about them. Um, At number five. Barry is the Dawn, which is a parody account for uh, athletic director Barry Alvarez, uh, tweeted, Wisconsin ran for 300 yards against Iowa. I just like saying it. Yesterday, Wisconsin beat Iowa, and I actually was helping a friend with some picks and said to pick Iowa because I really thought that defense was going to take down Wisconsin. So props to them in that running game. And um, I don't think Iowa's done, but we shall see. Uh, Number four. At King James tweeted, the fact Chase Young even had to borrow money from a family member just so his girlfriend could come see him play in one of his biggest games of his life, 
parentheses, the Rose Bowl, should tell you all you need to know. And since y'all always want to know more, he paid it back to his family member. Uh, this is in reference, if you haven't heard, that the star defensive player for Ohio State, Chase Young, who was a Heisman candidate, has actually been suspended right now for four games. They're going to appeal, and I'm sure it'll probably drop down to two or three. But the story has had some mixed details, but basically he borrowed some money from someone to pay to fly his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl, as LeBron said, and he has paid it back. There are people that have said that this was a family friend that he had not known very long at all, which seems skeptical. There are some that's saying it's actually family, like LeBron is saying. Um, I'm not sure the details. I don't know if we'll ever know, but um, this one, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on, I guess it definitely depends on the relationship, but you know, he's paid it back. This isn't, he received an Escalade. This is, you know, alone, but it does go back to the rules and the rules are definitely against that. So it depends again, if it's a family member like LeBron is claiming to me, this is bogus, but if not, okay. <laughs> um, yesterday, Ohio state beat Maryland 73 to 14. So Chase's absence was not felt tremendously. Obviously I do think this will end his Heisman candidacy, um, which is a shame because he's a very talented athlete. The first defensive player that was being considered that highly since Charles Woodson in 97 when he beat out Peyton Manning. But um, I guess we'll see how this one unfolds. Number three, at ESPN College Football said, Ian Book is the first player in at ND football history with four passing touchdowns and 100 rushing yards in a game. This was uh, in reference to the Notre Dame win yesterday. And um, they won 38-7 to over Duke. And, you know, Notre Dame always puts together, well, let's not say always, <laughs> but typically puts together a good season. Uh, again, without that conference championship, though, it just really diminishes their chances. Uh, but Ian Book is definitely a talented player, talented player, and it'll be interesting to see what he does in the future. Uh, number two, at Brett underscore McMurphy tweeted, think being ranked number five in at CFB playoff didn't matter to Dabo? Clemson runs three plays in final minute to score a late touchdown instead of taking a knee to run up the score 55-10 to 10 in their win at NC State. Um, yeah, you know Dabo was mad. Uh, 55 to 10, Trevor Lawrence threw for two scores and ran for another, all in the first quarter. Clemson clinched the trip to the ACC championship game and, you know, continue to make their case to be in the top four. It'll be interesting to see when the rankings come out later today, where everyone will fall. I definitely think LSU will jump Ohio State, rightfully so. It will be interesting to see how far Alabama falls and if Clemson will get in the top four. At number one, this is a big one for me, at SEC Network tweeted, Arkansas has fired Chad Morris after going 4-18 in in less than two seasons. Tight ends coach and special teams coordinator Barry Lunny Jr. is expected to finish out the season as the Razorbacks' interim coach. You know, my husband reminded me that I need to squash a bit of my enthusiasm about this because this is a man with a family and a life and he has lost a job and that's always a hard thing to go through. 
And we do lose sight of that a lot as fans, that these are, you know, human beings and people just like we are. Um, and I do feel bad for the Morris family. I feel bad for Coach Morris and his wife and especially his son Chandler, who had already committed to the Razorbacks, which I'm sure will now be reopening his um, recruitment. But yesterday the Hogs lost 45-19 to at home to Western Kentucky who was led by our former quarterback, Ty Story. Um, and definitely props to Ty Story, who had an incredible game. It's an awkward thing to come back home to his home state and play in a field that he was the quarterback at last year. But he had a great game, and the Hogs were terrible at best. Um, it was it was a really awful day. And I think the athletic director, I will give him credit, uh, He's decisive. He makes a decision quickly, and I don't hate that. Um, I do think this was the right move. I do not think Chad Morris is ready for an SEC team. Um, I think the right choice for interim is definitely Barry Lenny Jr. He is quintessential Arkansas, former Razorback quarterback, just raised here in the state. Their family is everything about the Razorbacks. And, you know, the whole hashtag for the Razorbacks this season was ride for the brand, and the Lenny family definitely does that be interesting to see now who the hogs get um it's just still so early but um I think this was the right call and these players deserve um all of our support and I hope that we do sell out War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock in a few weeks for their next game and uh, I guess we'll see what happens I do have a few extras today even past our top 10 just some little shout outs um, at Clay Travis tweeted, this Tennessee team that was left for dead at 0-2 and 1-4 and and has a good shot of finishing 7-5. and Incredible turnaround by Jeremy Pruitt, this staff, and these players. Uh, this is talking about the Tennessee 17-13 to win over Kentucky. And I just wanted to give a shout out to the Tennessee Volves and my friends Buffy and the Smith family and Chuck. Uh, Y'all deserve this win and this turnaround. And it was good to see the Volves back in the orange pants. Um, another quick shout out. Uh, Amanda Held Opit uh, tweeted, The boys from Boone beat South Carolina. Go app. Uh, this was in reference to the Appalachian State win yesterday. 20-15 to 15 over South Carolina. They also beat North Carolina this year. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, the coach, uh, is from my hometown. He's coached in my home state in the high school and collegiate level. And we always love to see Coach D doing well. So shout out to them and my friends, the Hodges, that went there as well. Um, and to turn it back to politics, because like the show says, politics are intertwined in everything. Uh, John Talty tweeted that President Trump had just left his suite yesterday after the LSU latest touchdown. And at current Karen Howell tweeted, Probably frustrated with the whistleblowers on the field. <laughs> and uh, that's just a funny one for some folks out there. And if you don't follow Karen Howell on Twitter, you definitely should. She's hilarious and always has the best commentary. Uh, Clay Travis also tweeted that at real Donald Trump reception as they introduced him at Alabama was overwhelmingly positive. And I do think that's important to note. We heard nonstop about the booze and the negative chance at the Nationals game and the UFC fight. So I think it's important to note that in his base, he's still overwhelmingly 
popular. And I think people need to keep that in mind as we approach 2020. And that's about all. In today's mini episode, we would like to highlight the work of LeBron James. In recent years, LeBron has opened his I Promise School in his hometown of Akron, Ohio, and is now partnering with the Graduate Hotels to launch the I Promise Village, a transitional housing opportunity for families in need. The public school, which incorporates a STEM-based curriculum, is operated by the LeBron James Family Foundation and the Akron Public Schools. It first opened its doors in 2018 and currently includes more than 340 students in the third, fourth, and fifth grade. Michelle Campbell, the executive director of the LeBron James Family Foundation, believes that James' extraordinary investment into the students stems from the fact that he sees himself in them. Recently, Victoria McGee, the director of the I Promise Schools Family Resource Center said, when our students have to worry about where they're going to lay their heads, going from pillow to pillow, it creates issues. And unfortunately, when kids face those challenges, it comes out in their behavior. To learn more about the LeBron James Family Foundation, please visit lebronjamesfamilyfoundation.org and see how you can help out with these kids today as well. Lance Armstrong in his book, Second Chances said, when you win, you don't examine it very much, except to congratulate yourself. You easily and wrongly assume it has something to do with your rare qualities as a person. But winning only measures how hard you've worked and how physically talented you are. It doesn't particularly define you beyond those characteristics. Losing, on the other hand, really does say something about who you are. Among other things it measures are, do you blame others or do you own the loss? Do you analyze your failure or just complain about luck? If you're willing to examine failure and to look not just at your outward physical performance, but your internal workings too, losing can be valuable. How you behave in those moments can perhaps be more self-defining than winning ever could be. Sometimes losing shows you who you really are. Thanks for tuning in to this mini episode of Tweets and Tonic. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you're up to date when new episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday and mini episodes on special occasions. Thanks again for listening. Cheers, y'all, and go do some good.